blessing to see you this morning, and it's a blessing to be able to share the word. It's been <clears throat> a great, I think, a great month where God is um, speaking to us all. Um, welcome to Chelsea Community Church, City Temple, and uh, this is just part of, of the message or the service that, that um, we have. So if you'd like to join us present, we are here at Chelsea Community Church, Edith Grove. And um, please do come and join us. So um, we're going to read uh, three Bible verses, three, three chapters, in, and we will start with Genesis 32. You can follow on the screen. Jacob went on his way, and the angel of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, this is God's come. So the, he called the name of the place Mahanaim, and Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom, instructing them, Thus you shall say to my lord Esau, Thus your servant Jacob, I have, um, Thus says your servant Jacob, I have sojourned with Laban and stay until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male servants, and female servants. I have sent to tell my Lord in order that I may find favor in your sight. And the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau and he's coming to meet you. And there are 400 men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people who were with him and the flocks and herds and camels into two camps, thinking if Esau comes to the camp, and attacks it, then the camp that is left will escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, O Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your kindred that I may do good to you. I am not worthy of the least of all deeds of steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff I crossed this Jordan and now I have become two camps. Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, that he may come and attack me, the mother with the children. But you said, I will surely do you good and make, you or, make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for the multitudes. So he stayed there that night, and from what, from what he had with him, he took a present for his brother Esau. 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milking camels and their calves, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. These he handed over to his servants, every drove <clears throat> by itself, and said to his servants, pass on ahead of me and put a space between drove and drove. He instructed the first, when Esau saw my brother, when Esau my brother meets you and asks you, to whom do you belong? Where are you going? And whose are these ahead of you? Then you shall say, they belong to your servant Jacob. They are a present to you, my Lord Esau. And moreover, he is behind us. He likewise instructed the second and the third and all who followed the droves. You shall say the same thing to Esau when you find him. And you shall say, moreover, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he thought, I may appease him with the present that goes ahead of me. And afterwards, 
I shall see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the present passed on ahead of him, and he himself stayed that night in the camp. The same night he arose and took, two, took his two wives, two female servants, and his 11 children, and crossed the fort to Jacob. Uh, sorry, crossed the fort of the Jacob. <clears throat> and he took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the break of day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with men, and you have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, why is it that you asked my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, for I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. Then the sun rose up upon uh, the, the sun rose up upon him as he passed Penuel, limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. Now we'll read First Kings 19 verses 1 to 18. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah and left his servants there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he may die, saying, It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was, a, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. There he came to a cave and lodged, it, lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke it in pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. 
but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he rubbed his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, you shall anoint to be king over Israel. And Elijah, the son of Shaphat, of Abel Meholah, you shall anoint to be your prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall be shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not pierced him. And finally, Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 to 12. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day, day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They have loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But would to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Amen. May the Lord bless his word. Let's just pray and put this time in God's hand. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful and thankful, Lord, for your precious word that cleanses us, that guides us, that is a lamp, that guides us and gives us a way out, Lord. Father, thank you because through your word you speak to our hearts individually. In our spirits, Father, you, you place your Holy Spirit that um, gives us comfort, your Holy Spirit that uh, awakens us at this time, Lord. I, I pray that you will awaken our spirits this morning and that we will hear your word, Lord, that we will find guidance, that we will find the comfort that we need, Lord, and that we will uh, per uh, perceive this morning what it is that you want to use, us our, uh, use in our life, how you want to use us, Lord, and how you want us to proceed in the months ahead, Lord. Father, we are thankful for your precious word. May it speak into our hearts. And in the name of Jesus today, I rebuke anything that wants to steal your word from our hearts, Father. Father, we want to listen to your word, and we want to receive that word into our spirits. In the name of Jesus, we, we pray and we are thankful, Lord. Amen and amen.
So uh, I've been struggling this week with the topic and with the preaching. And, and I was saying, Lord, I, I don't know what is it that, you know, it, 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 was, it was a little bit confusing. I don't know if confusing is the right word, but I just really didn't know, uh, you know, what, what God wanted me to share. So I came up with this title, When Things Don't Make Sense. And I think there are so many times in our lives when things don't make sense, when you don't know what it is, that the next step that you need to take, when you're not sure you know, what direction you, you, you may need to take, and when you know that, that whatever direction you will take will you know, affect your life, your, your, every decision that you make does have an effect on your life and on your generations and on the future generations that you know, maybe right now you may be single or you may have one child. You can't imagine yourself being a grandparent, a great-grandparent, yet, you know, it's, it, it, in us we have that seed, the possibility of a great generation after us. And um, anyway, so there are times when things don't make sense, when you don't know what's what. So um, I don't know how many of you have bought any, anything from Ikea. And if you bought most large furnitures from Ikea, you know that they all come in a package and then you have to take it home and you'll have to assemble it. And you have to know, you know, which uh, screw goes where. And, you know, they do give you the instructions. But for some people, it's a really difficult thing to do. It, it, it doesn't make sense. And um, if you have ever bought something from Ikea and you have managed to assemble it, and in the end, you have leftover material. Maybe you didn't do something right. And then you might need to call an expert to come and help you because you know, it is quite dangerous. But I think it, it, to some extent, sometimes our, our lives are a little bit like that. Sometimes we need the expert to come and fix things in our lives. Sometimes you can do it yourself. There are a lot of things that you can maybe try to work out, try to fix yourself. But, uh, you know, then when you realize you really need the expert, and the expert is Jesus. And um, these two different, especially Genesis 32 and 1 Kings 19, there's these two different men that are, are, have two different lives, uh, have two different, uh, have lived through two different, in two different, uh, you know, timelines time in history. But both of them face kind of the same things that we also face, and it's fear. Fear because of something someone has said about us. Fear because of the consequences of our past actions may be coming to face us now in, in the future things that we need to do. But we see uh, in, in the case of Jacob, he's, uh, you have to remember Jacob was, had fled his homeland because Jacob, the name itself, meant a deceiver. His, his name meant the, the supplanter. And uh, he had taken advantage of, of a position, and he took the blessing from his dad. The blessing should have gone to his brother Esau. But he, he stole it. And his brother Esau was so upset with him that he wanted to kill him. So um, the, the best thing that Jacob did was to run away. But now God said to him, you need to go back. I want you to go back because I want to bless you in your father's home. So he's going back, obeying God's instruction, but he knows that the last thing his brother said was, when, my dad, when our father dies, I will kill you. He wanted to kill him. So that's why, you know, when we read Genesis 32, we see that um, Jacob sends 
his servants ahead of him, and they come back and say, oh, yeah, your brother Rizzo is expecting you, and he's actually coming to meet you with 400 men. That was all they said. That was enough for Jacob to be afraid. He was thinking the worst. But we also see the same kind of thing with, with the prophet Elijah. He, in the past chapters, or, or, in chapter 18 and 17, we see Elijah was a mighty man of God. Um, he moved in the supernatural. He, he's, he just, in, I think in chapter 17, he was staying with a widow, and his, um, the widow's child died. And uh, Elijah was used by God to raise him from the dead. Then in chapter 18, um, it's, it's that great you know, Bible text where Elijah confronts all these um, worshippers of Baal and even mocks them. And you know, he sees God uh, releases fire from heaven on, on, the, on the sacrifice. And it's an amazing victory that, that uh, Elijah just had. Yet, we see here in chapter 19 words that came from a woman that just made him feel like he just wanted to die. Even though after a great victory, he just felt that his life was de in desperation. He, he forgot about all the supernatural things and because the supernatural things pass because it's not you, it's not inside of you, it's, it's what he releases in our lives. And so we see, for me, these two people just represent us in, in our everyday lives. I think there's no one in this place that can say, excuse me, I've never been afraid of anything or anyone in my life, because I think we would be lying. There's times, and it depending you know, on how we are, that certain things do make us very uncomfortable. That words that are said towards us, even, even if someone had to say that directly to you, if you just hear, oh, this person said this and this and this, those words kind of come into our heart in such a way that they really move our ground, that we feel, Lord, you know, what is happening? Things sometimes at work, at home, in, in different things in our lives that makes us feel maybe like Elijah. I don't want to live another day. I think this is it for me. This is enough. I, I've, I've had enough. I can't do this anymore. But God is so good. God is so good because he knows us. And he dealt with Elijah in a different way that he dealt with Jacob. And he will deal with your life in a way that only God knows how to deal with your life. Because we are all unique. God doesn't do the same thing for each one of us. Because he created us differently. And we hear his voice. And we hear him talking to us in different ways. In, in Elijah's case, it's amazing to see. I don't, I don't know, you know, I think an earthquake would have awaking me to think, oh, God is doing something, or, or the wind that, the, you know, the Bible says, the wind that broke the mountains into pieces. Uh, but God spoke to Elijah in a whisper. Maybe some of us need to hear God, need to calm down, need to listen to God quietly, not loud. Some of us need it loud. You know, I think um, there, are, there, are, there are different preachers who preach in different ways, um, and I think one, one of the, the things that I personally felt in my case, uh, it, because of, of my background or, or, or you know, in, in the church that I grew up, it was, it's a Pentecostal style, so Pentecostals have to be loud, and the, the louder they shout, 
the louder the presence of God manifests. And, um, and obviously if people are screaming and saying amen, hallelujah, then God is moving in the place. And if it's not, then you know, God is not there. But uh, that's not how it is. And so I struggle thinking, God, but you know, I can't scream and shout and you know, do the way the, the other preachers do it. And I understood, no, that's not how God wants to use me because that's not who I am. I, the way I preach is my unique way and no one else needs to preach like I do because I am unique. The way you will preach and the way you testify, it will be different in you. But it's the same way the way God talks to us and the way we listen to him. Maybe some of us need to listen in a loud earthquake type of style. Maybe some of us need to listen to him like a whisper and calm. Maybe some of us will have a supernatural manifestation in our lives. But it doesn't mean that whether you feel the manifestation supernaturally or you don't, it doesn't make you any better or, 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 or it doesn't make you more or less loved from God. It's just the way he wants to speak to you because he knows how you will pay attention to him. So the first, there's just three things that I want to share with you that I see in both of them. The first thing is, when you're feeling afraid, take time to seek God in prayer. When things don't make sense, our first reaction is to panic. When things don't make sense, our first reaction, our first attitude is to do things our way. And God is okay with that. He knows how we're going to react. The first we see in Jacob's case, the first thing he does in verse 6, he sends the messengers. When the messengers come to him and they said, yes, your brother Esau is coming with 400 men, Jacob, the Bible says in verse 7, that Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. Now, this is the type of fear and distress that, you know, you're thinking about your life, you're thinking about your family's life, you're thinking about your children's life, that type of fear. It's not just you know, when you're afraid of a, an insect, you know, you might be afraid, like, be like jumping or, you know, running away from the room. That's not the type of fear Jacob felt. This type of fear was, it was against his own life. It was about maybe this will be it, not just for me, but for my family. So he was greatly distressed. And so the first thing he does, he panics and he begins to um, divide his camp. He had a huge camp and he divides them in two. So he begins to do this logically. Okay, in the logic, I'm going to send uh, uh, one camp in front of me and kind of the more important people that I love the most, I'm going to stay in the camp with me. And he thinks, okay, if he kills the first camp, at least maybe he will come down by the time he, you know, he, he tries to kill the second camp. But again, he was doing it on his logic, in, humanly. And sometimes we do. You know, when we're, going, when we're facing difficulties, when, we, uh, when fear tries to set in, into our lives, sometimes we do, the first thing we do is think logically. How am I going to get out of this situation? But the, need, the thing you need to do is just put this in prayer. Elijah, on the other hand, when, after he hears that Jezebel wants to kill him, again, fear sets him. This fear for him is, again, his life is in danger. And the first thing he does is he runs away. He's not going to face it. He's going to run away. In, in Jacob's case, he was going to face it because God told him to go back. If it wasn't because God spoke to him to go back, he would not return. So 
you know, he's obeying God, but he's afraid because even though God said to go, Esau is coming to meet him with 400 men. The last thing his brother said, he was going to kill him. So he's afraid. He's right to be afraid. But so um, Elijah runs away to hide and he's afraid and he's hiding. And, you know, we, we, we can't be too hard on Elijah because when things don't make sense, sometimes we make silly decisions. Sometimes we forget who is our God. Sometimes we forget the things that he's done in the past in our lives. Sometimes the distress around us, it's so real that it's sometimes more real than the reality of our powerful God. So we can't be too harsh on Elijah and think, you know, how can he do that? How can he, he even, uh, you know, try to hide? Because sometimes we do the same. But because God knows them individually, because God knows them intimately, God deals with them in different ways. I like what Psalms 56 verse 8 says. It says, you have kept count of my tossing. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? You know, when we're going through difficult times, I think most women will cry. Maybe, maybe men won't cry because they've been taught men don't cry. But when you do cry, remember that God puts your tears in, in a bottle. There's, I think there's something special about that, that God cares about your tears, that God cares about your sorrow, that God cares about your pain. And that when you're going through difficult times, God is there. God will always be there. God, because God knows you individually. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting all your anxieties of, on him because he cares for you. God cares for us. And because he cares for us, he's telling us and showing us what it is that we need to do. You know, these, there is a new vocabulary in, in this day and time, which is, you know, mental... Um, Mental, sorry? Yeah, mental health, <laughs> sorry. Mental health, and it's a reality because when you have a lot of anxiety, when you have a lot of fear, it affects you physically. Do you know that if you're anxious about something, if you're worried about something, it does increase your blood pressure. It does become physically seen in your body. But God is telling us, my son, my daughter, I know that you're going through difficulties. I know that you're experiencing fear, but I want you to cast your anxieties on me because I care for you. Jacob and Elijah turned their fear and their panic in a time to seek God. Sorry. <clears throat> you know, that's what we need to do when anxiety or panic or all of these things that are, you know, outside um, circumstances try to set in into our lives and make us feel like, you know, there's no way out. We need to turn those things into a time to seek God. Jacob, in verses 9 to 12, begins a prayer, a prayer to God where he's saying, Lord, you've told me to return to my country and to my kindred. And then he acknowledges, Lord, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of your de uh, deeds of steadfast love and your faithfulness. 
but I pray, Lord, that you show kindness to your servant. Please deliver me from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him that he may come and attack me. And then he reminds God what he told him in verse 12. But you said, I will surely do good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So when you're seeking God, when you're praying, when you're turning that fear, remind him all the promises that he's made to you. But it's not really that you are reminding him like as if he's forgotten. Really, what you're doing is you're reminding yourself because we have forgotten, because we've forgotten what he has promised us. And we, that's why we feel in, this, in, in the midst of this time like things don't make sense because we have forgotten. There are some battles that we need to face on our own. And in Jacob and in Elijah's case, you see both of them, there's a time where they, uh, Jacob sends his wives and his children, everybody ahead of him, and he stays behind. And in Elijah's well, he... He lets his servant go, and he stays behind. There are sometimes, you know, it's, it's, there are times when we need community to be around us. But there are times when you need, it's just you and God. It's just you and him. You need that time with him. When not, not your family, not your friends. In Jacob's time, when he sent his family, when he sent his um, servants ahead of him, it also meant that he had no security. There was no one to protect him if Esau, for whatever reason, really wanted to hurt him. And I think that's also when we sometimes, we need to be completely on our own. We need to be with no security blankets out of our comfort zone. Just us and God with what we have. God wants to manifest his presence in our lives. And there will be times where this, his supernatural man, uh, presence will manifest. And it manifests through his church. You know, I've been so many times so blessed by someone, a member of the church, coming and sharing something with me. Maybe they didn't realize that what they shared with me was so powerful that it really touched my heart because I needed to hear that at that time. So you could also be... God's manifestation for someone else, that they needed just that word of encouragement or maybe just sharing whatever you went through. You know, testimonies are so powerful because testimonies for me, it's God's, it's God's way of, of reminding us that if he did it for her, he can also do it for me. That if he did it for him, he can also do it for me. It just helps me to increase my faith and to hold on. So if you're able to share a, a testimony in your life, do it, because it really just it's, it's a blessing for all of us who hear it. God's presence is manifested when we worship. There are times when you just, all you need to do is worship him. Prayer is not just praying, prayer is also worshiping him, the creator. There are battles, you, and you have to remember, it's God who fights our battles for us when there is no more doctors, when there is no more solicitors, when there is no more medicine, when there is no more human uh, answer to, to our needs, there is always God. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength and a very present in help, a very present help in trouble. 
this, this text are just to remind us, you know, how we can always look up to him, how he was always there, is always there to listen to us when things don't make sense, when we feel like we need to give up. The second thing that I see here is when things don't make sense, God will speak, so you just need to listen. After you are seeking his presence, after you're worshiping him, after you are maybe pouring out your heart before him, you see both of them, both Jacob and Elijah, were very real to God. They told him how they felt. Sometimes we need to tell God how we feel, how we really feel. And then just wait and listen, because he wants to speak to us. In Jacob's case, God himself came and wrestled with him. This is, this is a really interesting thing, I think, for us to imagine. God himself came and wrestled with him. And I think, for me, it, it was a physical, they were physically wrestling. But to me, I think there are times when you wrestle with God because things don't make sense. And you're like, God, I don't get it. Why would you do this? You know, you know you're wrestling maybe with your words and, and talking to him. And you don't understand, but then you still trust that what you're doing is what he expects you to do. Don't give up because your blessing is coming. For Jacob, he did not let go of God until he blessed him. And he held on to him until he received that blessing. And, you know, we already have, we already ha have the victory because we have Jesus. And I know there are times when things are difficult and where things don't make sense and where things just seem that, like, you know, there's no way out, but God is there. You just need to hold on to him and just persevere. For Elijah, God spoke to him in a, a very subtle, quiet uh, whisper. But he was waiting for God. He stood in the mountain of, of God. The Lord passed by uh, in a strong wind, but God was not there. He wasn't talking to him there. The God, then God came in an earthquake, but God was, the vo God's voice was not there. And he wasn't on a fire. It was in a low whisper that he came. I don't know how God wants to speak to you. You do know. You do know because he knows you intimately and he's spoken to you in the past. But just, just remember that he's there to speak to you. And then when he does speak to us, God will give you direction. When you, you'll see that's the third thing. In, when things don't make sense, God will speak to you and he will give you direction. We see for, um, for Elijah, you see verses, um, in verses 15 to verse 18, God tells you what Elijah was meant to do and how God was going to defeat all of the worship of Baal. For Jacob, for Jacob, it was his name was changed. Jacob meant the one who follows on another's hill or supplanter. And his whole life had been marked by cheating, stealing, 
stealing his brother blessing from his father Jacob. And then when he went to live with his uncle Laban, he continued cheating. He wasn't 100% honest. But today, God was saying, I'm changing your name. I'm changing your destiny. You shall no longer be the supplanter. You shall no longer be Jacob. Your name will now be Israel, which means a, a fighter of God, a triumphant with God, the one who wrestles with God. Change his name. That's what God did, giving him direction. God didn't want Jacob to look back at his past and to remember all the bad things he had done. God was saying, no, I don't, there's no, I don't want you to keep on looking at the back because looking, at, looking behind is not letting you look at your destiny and your future. God was saying, Jacob, I want you to see how I see you. I want you to see that in you I will make a great nation, that the blessing that I promised Abraham, I'm also promising it to you and to your descendants. For it, was, it was a change of name. So maybe God wants to change your name today. Maybe God wants to remind you what your destiny is. God had already spoken to Jacob in the past. Jacob had already had a supernatural encounter with God in the past. But God is reminding him and is making him understand your future, your destiny is ahead of you, is not behind, it's not on the things you did in the past, it's on the things that I want you to do in the future. And for Elijah as well, God was giving him direction, how God was going to destroy the worship of, of Baal and how he was supposed to um, anoint these different people in order to complete God's plan. And even leaving a successor behind. Elijah had to pray for an, a new successor to leave behind. The one who would, um, along with Jehu, strike down Baal's remaining followers. Maybe you're waiting to hear from God. You might need a new direction in your life. Now you need to listen to his voice. Worship him. Read his word. Things will begin to make sense in the midst of your situation. God will give you victories. There will be fights and confrontations, but trust him. He is, he is with you, and God never loses a fight. And that's the one thing we can be sure of. We can have 100% security. You know, Revelations chapter 12, verse 10 tells us, well, Revela the book of Revelations tells us the end of our story. We, we, we overcome. We are victor, victorious through Jesus. So right now, and, and the Bible also tells us that the tribulations and the circumstances that we go through right now are temporary. Glory to God for temporary, because that is not forever. Temporary is for a season. Temporary is for a little bit longer. But praise be to God that we have conquered. We have conquered by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of our testimony. That is, that is our assurance. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of, what he, of his sacrifice on the cross. And that's why we need to look at the cross. If you're here today, and you're wrestling with God, or maybe you're here today, and there are things in your life that don't make sense, and you don't know what you need to do, tomorrow or next month or, or next year or, or right now even. Remember this, that 
it's, you, you have to look at Jesus, in Jesus, because of what he did. You know, humanly possibly, here in, 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 as human, there are times where fear is so strong that you don't feel like doing what you're supposed to do. You know what you have to do, but you don't want to do it. Because fear can paralyze us. Fear can literally paralyze us. I know it can. But that's when you need to remember, we, you, and you have to proclaim it with your mouth. I have conquered by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I have conquered, not because of who I am. I am nothing. We are nothing. With Jesus, without Jesus, we are nothing. But with Jesus, we are more than conquerors. And that's the one that you need to confess and remind yourself and awaken your spirit. This is temporary. This is temporary. God has changed my name. God has given me a destiny. And I have overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Let's, let us praise God now. Let us worship God. And let us ask God today to speak into our spirit as we worship him now. As we praise him now. May he speak into our hearts. That uh, whatever situation you're going through, you will remember that we have overcome, that we are more than conquerors, and that with Jesus on our side, we have won the battle. Amen. So let's stand up, and I'm going to ask the worship team to... Oh, sorry, sorry, worship team. We have communion first. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But would you please stand up? We are going to do communion now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you so much for today. Thank you, Lord, that now as we are going to join communion, Father, we can remember the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross because of his precious sacrifice on the cross. Because he died on that cross in Calvary, we are now safe. We are now cleansed. We are now new creation. Thank you, Lord. And I pray that right now, Lord, we will look at him, he who laid down his life for us. He who has given us a new beginning. He who has given us a new, um, a new day, who has changed our name, who has changed our destiny, Lord. We are so grateful to you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Name above all names. The name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're all welcome to the Lord's table today as we come.